Bridges puts up a three. Won't go. Rebound box. Back out to Allen. History title. Bang! Tie game with five seconds remaining. And welcome back, everybody, to TBJ Sports Talk. Uh, alongside Bobby Ellis, Julian Andriola, and special guest Benny Mahar, we are coming to you from our Western New York studios on April 20th, 2020. And uh, we are here to talk um, New Week. Uh, we're going to start doing this uh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Have the draft coming up this Thursday. So let's start out with the uh, newest news. First, uh, the New England Patriots released new uniforms. Um, I was talking to Julian about this before, um, and I, I thought I went like colorblind or something when I first saw them. The stripes on the shoulder, they looked red to me, or orange. I'm sorry, they looked like orange, and I'm like, that, did, that doesn't fit. That doesn't work. But um, then I saw a different page, and I think I don't know my brightness on my phone or something. I don't know what was going on, but uh, then it made more sense to me. I don't mind them. A lot better than some of the other ones, but you know, simple, clean, and you know, Brady's not wearing them, so I'm okay with them. Yeah, and I was seeing a lot of stuff on Twitter saying basically how they wanted to switch it up after Brady left, just because those uniforms were kind of his legacy. Like when they once they changed into those new ones, um, they kept them for his entire career in New England, and so this change kind of symbolizes the changeover uh, of the franchise for them. Next up, Jaguars. Uh, release wide receiver Marquise Lee. Um, they're basically just cleaning house over there in, in Jacksonville. It's not becoming a very good team. Um, you know, they're looking to trade Fournette. They're looking to change, uh, trade Ngakwe. So, um, you know, they're basically just clearing their entire roster, looking for a full rebuild, maybe even going for one of these quarterbacks in the next draft, uh, Fields or Lawrence. And they say $4.8 million in cap with this cut of Marquise Lee. Yep. Yeah, and leading us into the next thing of news, speaking of the Jaguars cleaning houses, Yannick Ngakwe goes after the Jaguars on Twitter. Him and the GM, I believe it was, maybe not the GM, it was, it was yeah, yeah. co-owner got into a little bit of a heated argument. It kind of made Ngakwe seem like a little bit of a diva, so maybe that even makes it harder to make to trade him yeah. off. So, I don't know, he kind of... Kind of seems like he screwed himself a little bit there, but hopefully they could still find a suitor for him and get him out of there so he can still continue to play and develop as a great player that he is. Yeah, you definitely don't want to see a, uh, a holdout situation like Le'Veon Bell because they tried to tag him and then he didn't end up playing uh, for the Steeler, Steelers that year. So obviously you want to play in the NFL. Um, and a holdout wouldn't help his situation, I don't think, if he's looking for a new team. And it's, just, it's all about getting the right price for him because obviously you have teams that are probably going to kind of undercut him and try to get a cheaper deal out of him just because they know that the Jaguars are trying to deal him but I don't think the Jaguars are going after that they're going to get the right price for this guy which is definitely a first rounder and definitely some more I think because he's a beast if you've ever watched him play agreed next up the New York Jets general manager Doug Joe Douglas says that he wants to keep Jamal Adams long term Uh, I saw a lot of Rumors surrounding Jamal Adams talking about uh, maybe a trade to the Dallas Cowboys, um, which was definitely a possibility. I know at the end of last year they were talking about it, but uh, obviously he's a cornerstone of that uh, new rebuild over there in in New Jersey. And um, you know I feel like as a franchise they want to keep their defensive stud uh, on the team. Well, they were talking. um, Douglas came out and said that. A lot of teams had called him, like you said, and wanted to know what the price would be. And he said, look, I'm a GM. If a team calls me about a player, I'm going to listen to what they have to say. But we never 
actively shopped him, and I and I think Jamal actually took it that way that they were actively shopping him, and he and Joe uh, I guess called him and said, "No, we're not looking to shop you. It's just teams call you because you're an elite player, and they want to know what the price is." But as of right now, no, we're looking to keep you long term. But then he said that he hasn't reached out to him to talk to him about trade talk or um con- contract talk. Yeah. So they do want to keep him long term, but um they are not actively shopping him at all. Next up, this is something I have a little bit of uh, inside news on. The NFL has tested the technology that will be used for the NFL draft. Were some early hiccups, but things seem to be running smoother now. Um, just a little fun fact with this uh, new draft technology. My godfather is one of the couple of people who have been working on this and kind of having a little insider. So pretty much it's my godfather and two other guys who were at the head of designing this new technology. And my godfather presented it to a third of the NFL teams just to show them how it works and everything. So hopefully that gets up and running. And I know my godfather is going to have a busy week. So maybe hopefully we get him on after the draft and talk to him about how everything went and just ask him more about the insides about that. I'm pretty impressed with how they did it. Uh, you know, kind of like a short uh, month and a half span that they had to try to scramble to do this after everything started to get canceled, like all these events and stuff like that. So I'm pretty impressed with how the league handled it and how they're switching to completely virtual on the draft. And I'm pretty excited to see what uh, what the process is going to be. Yeah, it's, I know people are talking about it getting hacked. Hopefully it doesn't, but uh, we'll have to wait and see. If the Bengals uh, don't draft Joe Burrow number one overall, then we know that something <laughs> happened. Um, and last, this just came off uh, across my phone right before we uh, got on the air here. Uh, Alex Rodriguez and Jennifer Lopez want to buy the New York Mets. Uh, sources coming from the New York Daily News, which is pretty interesting. I know that rumor had been floated around um, a few times. Um Alex Rodriguez actually grew up a Mets fan. Um, he was born in um, in New York, then went down to the Dominican, and then when he was about eight and a half years old, he moved back to Miami. But he was a he was a Mets fan. Um, Keith Hernandez was one of his favorite players. Uh, Strawberry was one of his favorite players, and he they are they need new owners. They their ownership group is not wise. They're they're always looking over the shadow of the New York Yankees, and it would be I know right now A Rod is obviously involved with Fox and ESPN. He's also a special advisor to. Uh, Hal Steinbrenner and Brian Cashman, um, as they do with a lot of their former players that they have a lot of respect for. So that position would obviously um, be lost, but he would um, eventually become the uh, the owners of the um, of the New York Mets, which would be interesting. And I'd like to see what the price of that would be because they're another big market team, obviously being in uh, being in New York. So we'll move on to uh, topic one, and uh, this is where we introduce uh, Benny Mahar uh, as he joins us. Um, Benny, thanks for coming out of quarantine a little bit to join us here on the air. It's great to be here. It's a rare occurrence for me to leave the house today. How's it feel being in the Western New York studios? It's different. <laughs> it feels good, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah. Get out of the house? Yeah. All right, well, um, topic one, and I was a little disappointed to hear that you haven't watched The the Last Dance. You didn't watch it last night? No, nah, I was planning on watching it today. Okay. Well, they um, it was a, uh, episodes one and two came out. They're coming out uh, every Sunday, uh, nine o'clock through uh, to ten o'clock is episode or will be episode three, and then the next episode um, will be in the next hour. So, it's it was I enjoyed it. I'm not a basketball um, historian like Bobby and Julian and um, and Benny or even Declan who has uh, joined us before. So I'm not a um, if it, I mean if this is about a. Um, a baseball documentary, I would know. I would know a lot more about it, but I loved it. I loved every second of it. I, I learned a lot. Um, I just, what are your guys' like? Just a knee-jerk reaction when you were watching. I know Julian, you watched both episodes. Bobby, you watched episode two. Yep. Episode one, you didn't. I mean, 
it's just you know, a lot of setting the table, mm-hmm. maybe just a few backstories. But um, no, it was, I mean, what, what was your guys' knee-jerk reaction to it? Um, obviously, just for me, something new because I didn't live through it is I didn't know that the management was looking to move on from all those guys. Jerry Krause, obviously the most hated man in the sports world today <laughs> because of that documentary. But, yeah, just a lot of eye-opening things for that, just the management and how stuff was kind of shaky there. Jerry Krause just definitely got kind of – power happy it seemed like trying to get rid of a hall of fame coach like phil jackson and obviously the just kind of separating the whole entire team so that was eye-opening and just another thing is just how great michael jordan was truly like i think that documentary just those first two episodes really shut down all those things where it's like all those people are saying that mj lost in the first round and all that but really when you look at it it was so impressive just his showings in those first round games it's literally nothing he could do he dropped what 63 in that one game against the Celtics it's really like he couldn't have done more it's just more of they don't have scoring outside of MJ like literally ever on that Chicago Bulls team without Scottie Pippen obviously but really that team was all Pippen and MJ for scoring and obviously Dennis Rodman was the defensive enforcer and the rebounder but that team was really all MJ and Scottie Pippen from what I got from that documentary obviously I didn't live through it so maybe couple of other people who live through it have different opinions I, i'm not sure but I, I definitely love to learn more about older the older age in basketball and we'll have a few of our um older uh, people that maybe watched uh mjm we'll have them on the podcast hopefully this week and um be able to talk a little bit about that because obviously us being younger kids we didn't get to see him as much um i found it interesting you know i thought saw people saying um that mj was talking about he wasn't sure about this because he thought he would he would get like a bad reputation or a bad look off mm-hmm. of this I mean, the only person who had the bad look was Jerry Krause after yeah. this. I, I thought MJ's, so far, I mean, it's, we have eight more episodes, but so far, his image is, is greater, even better than, yeah. than it was. So I, I thought his, his image got even better after this. And I feel like the only thing that can maybe tarnish his inner image for some people, I wouldn't tarnish it for me, is just kind of how rough he was on his teammates. I heard that he was saying that when people see how he treated his one teammate, I, I'm not sure who the name was, I guess we'll see, but... When we find out how we treat this one teammate, maybe some people look at him differently. But I kind of respect that. Like, when you think about it, it's like you're the owner of a business and you're trying to get the best out of your workers. And sometimes you're going to have to be hard on those people. Sometimes you're going to have to yell at them or do whatever it takes to get the best out of them. But you are you are playing for money in the NBA. The NBA is a business. You cannot take that lightly. And I think that's just something I respect about Michael. And just I feel like that's another way that he's comparable to Kobe. Is Kobe was always on his teammates. Maybe some people would say a little bit too harsh, but I don't believe that there's too harsh in the NBA. That's the biggest level, and you need to expect the best out of all of your teammates no matter what. Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, that's one thing about MJ is, he, is he's a super fierce competitor, and you saw that um, in these first couple episodes. One thing that I really took away from it was um, – when they outlined uh, the life of Scottie Pippen a little bit, I really thought that that was really interesting. I learned a lot more about him as a person and not so much a basketball player. Obviously, I knew that when he joined the Bulls, he and MJ were going to be a really good duo and they were going to win a lot together. But, you know, I really didn't know much about his backstory and stuff like that, about all of his siblings and his family and stuff like that. It was really interesting to see. Um, and then, again, about Scotty was, like, how much he got paid and how much he basically got fleeced on his contract. I mean, obviously, he was a really good player, but... I mean, to that extent, like, the contract that he got just doesn't seem fair to me, I don't think. Yeah, definitely. He definitely got screwed over that, taken advantage of a lot because those teams knew that he had a family to take care of. Mm-hmm. Just that backstory, Scottie Pippen, it was pretty sad, but it's really, it's kind of inspiring on how he kind of made it from the bottom, literally, to 
where he was as a basketball player and where he is now. He's living pretty comfortably now. Yeah. So, and another thing I got out of that documentary that was pretty interesting is just the Michael Jordan Tar Heels background. Just me being a UNC fan, I really enjoyed seeing that part, seeing, learning the stories about Dean Smith and seeing Roy Williams talk on there is really, I, I like that. Yeah, one thing that I learned about uh, Dean Smith was that he basically told MJ to go to the league and not really doing so much what was best for the program. Obviously, like, if what you're going to do with the best player in the world at that time was you're going to want him to stay on your team. But if you're looking out for the good of your players, you're going to tell them what the best choice for him is, and that was obviously to go to the NBA, and that's exactly what Michael did. And I respect that a lot because you see uh, coaches do that now. I I, I don't like – I like when the college coaches look out for the best of their players. Like, you see Coach K – telling Zion to leave. Zion definitely wanted to stay at Duke, but Coach A was like, look, dude, you can't do this. you got to go get your money. Mm-hmm. And I really respect the great coaches for doing that because they so much don't have to bank on the talent and they want to see their players do well because they know that it's going to be a win-win for both sides because they're such great coaches that they can work with anything and still put a pretty good team out there while the players that they produce are going on to the NBA level and doing great things. And that's pretty much their job, right? I mean, it's obviously to win national championships and, you know, win league uh, and – and uh, stuff like that, but also it's just to better your players. Like those are young, impressionable kids that you're taking in at uh, young ages, and you're putting them on your teams and stuff like that. Really, you just got to get them ready for the league, and that's what I think uh, Dean Smith did really well. Uh, Roy Williams does that pretty well as a as a as a NCAA coach, and then obviously Coach K at Duke. That's a big thing with coaches, obviously. Is <clears throat> yes, can you win a national championship? That's that's your goal there. But depending on how many star or good NBA talent you produce is a big thing on the coaches. The thing that I, I think the biggest thing that I've learned, even not even just the last dance, but with this whole quarantine and watching old football games, old um, baseball games, which I've watched a lot of, even some old, even some older hockey games, the way the game has changed and how the game is played. I mean, you go with baseball and I've watched a lot of World Series games. The way they used to pitch is different. Not everyone was throwing 98. You watch hockey, the physicality was was a lot more. The, the, the quickness of the game, the, the pace was a lot better. Um, and in basketball, the physicality, like now we watch... Um, people when they when they drive the rim, they don't get they don't get touched as much as they did way back then. No. I mean, Jordan, Detroit, they they said their goal in their series against him was to literally beat him, beat like physically beat him, mm-hmm. not beat him on the scoreboard, physically beat him, like yeah, inflict him pain. Down. Yeah, wear him down. That's and the way the game is changed. And then when I was watching that in the documentary, I really kind of sat back. I'm like, wow, the game. I mean, in all these sports, the game has changed so much, and just how it's played. Is just unbelievable, and I and I was talking to Julian about this um, uh, right before we came on. I, I wish I could go back and, and watch like to like the '90s and, and and for some sports and watch when um, obviously when our teams were good when the, the the Bills were going through the '90s. I wish I could have watched that team, um, the Sabers when they went to the Stanley Cup when they had um, Hashik. Um, I mean, all these sports, I want I would want to go back and see Jordan play and see him in person. I wish I could have. And just all these great players, I wish I could go back. And just and then to come back to the I – mean, if I ever build a time machine, I'm working on it right now. Um, <laughs> but um, it's, it's still in the planning stages. But if I ever do build a time machine and I can go back and watch, I, I can't wait. To, I, I, I would just want to go and, and, and see these players and – it just and then go come back and see how different the game is. Mm-hmm. I just think it's amazing, and that's why it's tough to compare. Like I feel like the LeBron versus MJ argument is so. I don't know what the word I'm looking for is, but like it's it's, it's tough impossible. to compare them. Yeah, it's so impossible to compare because the games are just so different at, at the time. 
obviously LeBron is just a physical freak, and he can out he can just like power anybody down uh, near the rim. But MJ did it with like finesse and like raw talent with the ball, and it's just amazing to watch. Like, go. This is what this documentary is for: is just to highlight like his best moments and. That's something that I've seen is just his pure talent that he has with the with the with the ball and his jump shot was just so nice and it's so beautiful to watch. I'd love to see LeBron go back and play in those days. I'd love to see MJ come and play in in, in these times. I think I'd MJ, love MJ to see would it. be. I'd love to see. I think MJ would be MJ so much better in this area. Yeah, because he wouldn't get his head beat in. And I think LeBron would be too. But the thing with LeBron back in that era is he wouldn't have lasted lasted no. as long as he did now. What's he thirty six now? Maybe. Yeah, no. and just because of like the betterment of technology and health and all that, and just the new things you could do with health, just dieting everything that wasn't really important back then. You just kind of went out and played and did whatever. You watch other sports, and old players would say, old Sabres players would say, after the game we'd go to the bar and have three beers with our teammates. Now you go back and you're. You're going to get your maximum sleep. You have to go and do this. You're going to train in this. I mean, the the times have changed. Like you're saying with technology and the health of players is just so amazing. Benny, what's your? I mean, you're. I mean, do you agree with that? Like the, the how it's impossible to compare. What's your stance on that? I do agree with that. Um, obviously, I would love to see the eras kind of match up to see how players in today's era and back then would do. Um, it. But it'll just never happen. It's going to be one of the greatest what-ifs. It's kind of what the greatest thing about sports is. You know, just as a fan, you always get to wonder how things could work out. But, well, like, we'll never know. Like, I would love to see MJ come and play against LeBron, but, like, we'll just never know. Because, yeah. one, the errors were so different, and, two, like I, like Thomas was saying, his time machine isn't done yet, so we won't, <laughs> we'll never know. It's not done. It's it's. I'm working on it. I'm talking to a few smart people I know, and um, they're saying it can be done, but it's going to take a while. But I'll take you guys with me, and we'll all go back. Awesome. What game would you want to watch with MJ? Probably flu game. The right? flu game? Yeah, definitely. It's a good one. They highlighted that in the documentary. It was mm-hmm. nice. I think I'd want to watch that national championship UNT game. Mm. Uh, Georgetown? Yes. I'm not mistaken. Yeah. yeah. And another thing that I saw is just – to highlight the impact that Michael Jordan has is in that documentary, Patrick Ewing, the guy he played against in that national championship game, Patrick Ewing played for Georgetown. Patrick Ewing was wearing a Georgetown zip-up with Michael Jordan's logo right on the left chest. That's just crazy on how... It's insane. Yeah. That's awesome. It's like, I mean, and Ewing was such a good player, um, Mm -hmm. both in college and in the NBA, but like, MJ is just something different because now he has his own brand. He owns a freaking basketball team and now, he's, granted, he's not the best executive, <laughs> no. but still, this dude's super successful, really good basketball player, and I almost sometimes hate the debate between the two because they're such different players, and it's so hard to compare them. Like, obviously, I have a bias because I've watched the dude play. But well, Brian, I mean, you're talking. Yeah. Um, but, like, going back and seeing all these MJ highlights, it's just awesome to see him win. And his likability is is spoke volumes to me. I know um, my favorite athlete's Jeter. Um, he wore um, Jordan cleats, Jordan design cleats for him. Um, I actually bought those cleats. They're not, they didn't do me justice like they did Jeter. I think Jeter, um, I'm not the player that Jeter is. Yeah, another thing I'm working on. Um, it's another um, experiment I'm working on alongside the time machine to make me a better baseball player. But no, just the, the way that, that he talks like with other athletes, like you see him, he's really good friends with Jeter. He's good friends with, um, I know he loves Russell Westbrook now. I know he likes, um, is it, uh, is he good friends with Kyrie? Is that another player, I think? They're, he's uh, friends with a lot of other athletes in other sports with football. I know he's um, he's talked with Brady a little bit. I mean, that's the thing. Like, greatness 
sees greatness, and they the greatness likes to talk to greatness. You know, you don't see MJ talking to you know people that like he's best friends. With, no, he's best friend. And another thing, he's his friend group has has remained small, and it's been the same for years. Like he's got those friends in North Carolina. And that those are his guys. He goes fishing with those guys, and I thought that was pretty cool to see. Yeah. And the thing about Mike is that he's just so under the table. Like you don't know what Michael Jordan does. Like Michael Jordan, like that's the thing that I like the most about this documentary is because you're finally hearing Michael Jordan. Like you haven't, you don't hear about Michael Jordan in the news and everything. Like when Kobe, rest in peace, them when he was alive. It's not right. I can't. Yeah, I know. I know. It we say it every time. I just can't get used to saying that. Mm-hmm. It, it makes me so. Uh, but like God. when he was sorry. when he was doing his thing after he retired, like Kobe was still in media. He was still mentoring those players like out there. It just. It kind of like enamors me to finally like hear Mike now after all these years and just talking about this thing and it's kind of like it's always gonna be excuse me it's always gonna be a mystery as to who he's talking to under the table right and like mentoring because like with Kobe he mentored them and he was in person like training them and obviously Michael Jordan doesn't do that and if he does nobody knows about it and that just that's another thing that enamors me about it mm-hmm. what's the th- oh go ahead my bad. no go ahead you're good I was really excited to see how this like finishes up that was like, gonna be my question we're what, only like two episodes right we're 20 percent done with the documentary what is something that you really want to see talked about coming up in these next eight episodes really what julian talked about it a little bit was like he was on a teammate like i just want to see how that like progresses over the season um you know i don't want it to like ruin relationships or stuff like that but like i feel like that's a little bit of foreshadowing to see like how it's going to change a little bit of the chemistry in the locker room like going on later in the season I just want to see how far this divide between the team and Jerry Krause goes. Like, it was the first two episodes. You're already seeing Scottie Pippen cussing him out in the bus and everything, and Michael Jordan just with his little funny jokes. I, I love those little bits, by the way. It's so funny. But I just want to see how much that progresses because if they're already showing you this much this early, it's going to get way r- worse, and this is only the beginning of the Foreshadowing, season. Foreshadowing, yeah. Yeah. I'd like, I, I'm looking for I wanted to see. Well, I knew I wasn't going to see. I know that I'm glad they talked a little bit about it. Um, like his whole thing when he, um, you know, quit for baseball, had that 18 month um, uh, stay where he uh, was away from basketball. Um, I'm, I'm gonna look up on YouTube a few things about that. I know that won't be in this documentary because mm-hmm. this is all about like his that you know the last dance. But um, that's something I'd like to see and how. I mean, yeah, greatness. I mean, he was great, but it's amazing to see to think about wow, he quit and played baseball for the Chicago White Sox. That's yeah. insane. That's I was thinking think about, about that it. earlier. It's just. That's just so hard to be a multi-sport athlete right. at the. I mean, he did don't. Level. I mean, he didn't like blow the sport away for but baseball. St- you were still on, on a minor league baseball team. Yeah, that's something that a lot of baseball guys work for and they never get to. Mm-hmm. Like just working baseball their whole entire life. And Michael Jordan had a was the greatest of all time in one sport, and he still went and played minor league in another sport. That's just insane to me. I wonder what like with Michael Jordan and his um, if with his like with his baseball um. I guess we'll say his his talents in baseball. If another, if Joe Smith, some random Joe Smith, had those, had his um, talents in baseball, would he have would he be where Michael Jordan is, or was it just because of the name? I don't know. That's why I want to look more into it. Was right. he actually like insane, or was he or not insane? But was he actually like worth, or was it just like a name? Yeah, thing? and I've always wondered like what drove him to baseball. Like that's what I want. You're so look dominant. At. Like it's almost. Like it's like an inside job or something like that. Like I always assumed that it was like the league. Like I'm dead serious. Bobby like I always conspiracies. I always Bobby loves his conspiracy theories. I always assumed that it was like the league, like pressuring him into doing it, or like it just seems it, it's so like fishy. looking back on it, it seems like the league wanted to push Michael Jordan out, mm-hmm. or not even like the league so much, just like the front office. Like if you're Jerry Cross, why do you want to? 
rip apart a team with, like, one of the, at the time, the greatest team of all time. Yeah. That's like, that's like the owner of the Warriors, what's his name? It's it's kind of, whatever, we'll, we'll okay. say the owner, of the owner of the Warriors after they win their last championship. <laughs> after they win their last championship. Uh, all right, we've had enough. We're done. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's just so That's fishy. crazy. Yeah. His stats in baseball when he played double A, um, the double A affiliate for the Chicago White Sox, but in 127 games, uh, almost 500 plate appearances, um, he batted 202. So right above the windows line, three home runs though, mm-hmm. but uh, he played. He batted uh, 202. So again, he wasn't blowing the sport away. So I just wonder if someone with his skill set, if it was just a random guy, where would he have gone? But I mean, he got him. It's definitely a huge yeah. name and thing. But now that it's I'm, pretty cool. Now that I'm thinking, is it's like LeBron just taking a break on basketball and going to play football? Or something. Right. Yeah. 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 It's, like, exactly. it's so unreal. <laughs> yeah. That just blow the doors off the sports world. Yeah. What, would you, what would you put him at? What position? Tight end. Uh, he was end? he was an all star in football. Yeah. He, he like could have made it to the NFL. Yeah. He was like an all state football player. Was he? Yeah. What a position? Wide, wide receiver. receiver. Wide receiver. Yeah. Six nine wide receiver. Yeah, but, but now he probably, <laughs> probably would have played tight end now. Yeah. But dude, that dude, he's such, such a freak athlete. Like you really never. What know. if you put him at the yeah. end? It'd be interesting. I know he's strong. Enough. Yeah. Another thing I'm throwing out there is <laughs> yeah. None of this little weird fact is that I saw over the couple of days that Wilt Chamberlain was the best wide receiver that somebody in the Chiefs has ever seen. Mm-hmm. That's nuts. Dude yeah. is like seven foot. That's crazy. Like those guys. It seems like. Basketball players are almost like the most athletic. Like I know that baseball players, you know, there's guys like Mike Trout, who's obviously a really good three sport athlete. And Judge, high school. yeah, Judge could have went to the NFL. And yeah, hand. but I feel like a lot of these basketball guys are like the most freakishly athletic because they're almost seven footers and they can run the floor really well. Like a guard, like Kevin, I think of Kevin Durant right away. Like he's seven feet and he runs the floor like a guard and he shoots like a guard and he handles like a guard it's just super impressive and i think what i like all those nba guys stand out to me when i think of like the best athletes mm-hmm. definitely all right next we're going to talk a little bit about uh nfl rumors obviously with the um with the draft coming up on um on thursday uh, there's a lot of talk going around no one knows exactly what is going to happen a lot of it could be smoke with this draft especially um, so let's talk. Let's start here. Um, we'll start with this one. Tua. A lot of talk about Tua this past um, few days. A lot of people say he's been taking off their taking off their boards. Uh, that has to be the injuries, obviously. Do you guys buy that? Do you think he's really being taken off a few teams' boards? Whose boards do you think he could be taken off of? Do you think the Dolphins are saying no, we don't want Tua? I, I, I'll, I'll start out with my opinion. I don't buy it. I think, especially the Dolphins, because I'm not. I'm again. I'm not a guy who's gonna sit here and say, "Oh, he's the next Drew Brees." I don't like doing that because I don't think that's fair to say to a 21, 22 year old to say he's the next guy who's 40 years old and and still kicking it. I don't think that's fair. How about he's the next Tua? Yeah. That's what I always say. You know, who does Tua uh, remind you of? Tua. He's he's Tua. I don't want to hear he reminds me of this and that. I don't like that. But. The, the one resemblance I see of Drew Brees is the injuries out of college. That was a huge thing. And remember the Dolphins, they said, we don't want him, and, you know, whatever. And then obviously the Saints got him, and, went, and now you well, know, the rest is history. The Chargers first. The Chargers first. The Chargers first, and the trade. Right. Yep. So the, the thing is, I don't know what the Dolphins make that mistake twice, a, a, a great talent, but not pass on, pass on because of injuries. Right. I don't know if – I don't believe it. Do you guys buy this? I mean, we know he's – I mean – if Joe Burrow didn't, well, no, let's start. Let's say it this way: If Tua didn't have these injuries, it would be a talk who's going to go number one. It really would be. It would be Tua is that good. Yeah. So, do you guys buy this that he's being taken off boards? Um, 
Well, like you just said, I think if Tua has a full healthy season and, you know, Bama's a little bit of a better team, I feel like it's definitely a, more of a talk because now I think Tua could be in the talk for Heisman because um, Joe Burr, I mean, I feel like Tua could have turned it up towards the end of the towards the end of the season. Um, Benny, what do you think? Like, do you buy this? Like, do you, what do you think about Tua? Uh, I don't think people, I'm not really buying it. I don't think people are going to take him off the draft board just yet. He's just that good. You can't take him out. Accurate as hell. Yeah. It's fantastic. I'm going to go in the middle. I think that some people are taking him off the draft board, and I think that Like who? Who do you think? I mean, it's got to be teams that are looking at quarterback. Dolphins, Chargers, um... People say the Raiders later, but that's more of like a Jordan Love I've heard to him. Honestly, I'm convinced that the Dolphins might be. I've seen it. I've you taken think the Dolphins their, are? I'm saying, saying the not, Dolphins are taking off their board? or they're not taking him off the board. I just think that if they're staying put, I think that they want to go a little bit safer and take Herbert. Take Herbert, yeah. Um, and that's Definitely only, safer. It's safer because of the injuries. Uh, like, as a franchise, you got to be a little bit worried with taking a guy like that. And... Like the comparison you just made with Drew Brees, like it's kind of, like it's kind of fifty-fifty when you're making a decision like that. But I feel like Herbert's a little bit of a safer choice, and he's still pretty good. I think that he can still, you know, compete like up there with Tua. And I feel like if he's uh, brought up really well in a good franchise, like I think the Dolphins are building, uh, I think that he could be really successful in the NFL. I agree. One thing that I think could save the Dolphins, or maybe maybe they're thinking this, is are they thinking to themselves, okay, we have Ryan Fitzpatrick. Could you maybe, and I know Tua doesn't want to sit behind, could you have Tua sit behind Fitzpatrick, not a whole year, a few weeks, make sure his health is really up to par, and then let him take over. I think that could be a thing where the Dolphins are thinking, okay, if we take Tua, because, I mean, things came out on his hip, the blood flows fine and whatnot. Um, I'm not a doctor, I can't speak on that, but I'd like to see if maybe they're thinking that. I would think that could be something. But I'm I'm looking forward to see where he goes. Yeah, I think the Dolphins are one of the guys who are faking it. I think they want to get Tua, and I, I think because like what you said, they're gonna have him sit behind Fitzpatrick. And I really like that Dolphins front office and that coaching and everything. I think they're building Flores something. I'm a big fan of. Yeah, I think they're building something good there, and I, I think they're smart enough to pick Tua, and I think they're they're confident enough where they're gonna say we're not gonna put this guy on the field until he's 100% healthy. They're not gonna rush him. That's why I think the Dolphins are kind of faking it. And are kind of maybe saying, yeah, I don't know about Tua, but they they know they're going to pick him. I'd agree with that. The only thing that kind of worries me about the Dolphins picking there is if Tua maybe isn't up to par. Like, I know that he's been failing a couple of physicals and stuff like that for a bunch of teams. If he's not ready to start week one, I don't know if the Dolphins are going to be fit for that. Like, I don't know if they're going to be able to survive, like, one or two more years with the way that their roster's set up right now because they just signed Jones to a huge contract. They way overpaid on Lawson. They paid a big defensive star in Van Noy. And Running then, back to Howard? Howard yeah, George Howard. Howard. Yep. yep, and they made a lot of other pretty hefty... Smart. They've made a few other savvy moves, but yes, a lot of hefty ones. But yeah, like that's what I mean. Like So much like in one contract and like for this year, it's I feel like they're a roster built to win right now. I don't, I don't think they're going to... I think they're going to start him like right now, but maybe not like week one, but... By week five, that's what I'm that's saying. That's what I mean. Are Have they going to? But are they going to win? Are they going to win three of those five games? I'm confident in Fitzpatrick. I think he could he could go out there and win a couple games at least. They and, they they were starting to heat up towards the end of the season, but I feel like if this isn't a successful year this year, how are you going to end up paying guys on offense like Devontae Parker, who's going to be due for a contract soon? Maybe you want to sign another quarterback just to you know mentor. 
whatever rookie you take. I feel like this roster is kind of built to win now, so if you want to take a safer guy, I feel like Herbert's going to be the safer pick, and he's going to be more ready if Tua obviously isn't. But that's that's also what yeah, if. And that's, I mean? that's a good point, but the thing that I think about that is I think they know they're not going to win now. Like Even if all those players pan out, they're still not going to win now. Like they're not gonna go and win a Super Bowl, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah but their like, front office is smart enough to know that. I think they're gonna what they're, what's gonna happen is they're gonna win enough where those players are intrigued into staying, and then and bring in other players and bring in other players. That's that's what I think is gonna happen. They're gonna win enough where players are intrigued in staying, and they're gonna bring in other players. And then right as all that's coming together, two is gonna be coming together and everything, and it's all gonna fit together at the perfect time. I think this Dolphins is gonna be an okay team now, but I think seven, they're gonna be six seven wins. Eight wins? Yeah, maybe eight. Which is, that's like, I feel like eight, that's a line where it's, it's a good like, jump. That's the line where it's like, we're building a culture here. We're not great now, but it's going to come. And I feel like everything's going to mesh together maybe in like two years. Well, eight and eight can be a playoff team now. That Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? So, I, I don't think I'm that confident in them. I'm, they remind me a lot of the Jets where they, I mean, we've talked about this a bunch of times on the show where... You know, they pay a guy like C.J. Mosley, and then they give a big contract to a running back and Le'Veon. I mean, not a big contract, but, you know, bigger than most running what most running backs are getting. Uh, and then they're not that successful in the year, and then they're kind of screwed for those next years because they have injuries, and then they front-load so many contracts with guys on the defense, and then they're missing holes. You know what I mean? That's how I feel like the, the Dolphins are kind of getting. They don't have all their holes plugged on offense. Yeah. But the thing that separates the Dolphins and Jets is I feel like the Jets would be good if they had a good quarterback. Or, Coach, excuse yeah. me. Yeah, yes, I got you. Like the Dolphins have a good coach, mm-hmm. so I don't think they're. I don't think they're gonna fail. I think they might not long be term. great. Yeah, I don't think they're gonna fail long term. Maybe they're not gonna be great for the right. next couple of years. I think we can all agree on that. But the Jets are. The Jets got screwed because they don't have a good coach. Mm-hmm. They had good talent. Mm-hmm. Like talent, I don't believe in talent just washing away after you sign these players to a big contract. I don't think that's what happens. I think it's the coach not being able to adjust to these players' playing styles. Where I think Flores knows what he's doing. He he definitely that Dolphins team was bad last year, and he willed them to a couple of close games and even some wins. Mm-hmm. They were better than the Patriots down the stretch. Patriots were four and five in their last nine. Dolphins were five and four. And they, they beat the Patriots, right? They last beat year? the Patriots, yeah. Because so that's, that's why Tom Brady had to play that first round. Like that alone, that just tells you kind of levels of the coaching there. If you can beat Bill Belichick and the Patriots with a team like that, I have faith in that coaching staff. Although I can't give all credit to Flores for beating them in Miami. Tom can't win in Miami. And that's hilarious. That's yeah, my that's favorite true. thing. So that's weird. my favorite part. So when he can't win, he can't win in Miami and Denver. Yeah. Denver, I understand. Denver is a tough place to play because of the elevation, but not winning in Miami is just <laughs> kind of funny. Benny loves this. All right, next, um, this one's been talked about a lot, is uh, Leonard Fournette. Um being traded uh, to uh, or from the Jags, a uh, few teams have been um, in talk. Uh, this is from. Um, let's see if we can find it here. There's been a lot of people like wondering where he could go. Um, I see the Bills. I, I I don't. I wouldn't mind. I think it'd be funny because remember when he got in that brawl? Yeah. I think that'd be kind of funny. Yeah, but here crazy. we go. Here we go. The uh, Leonard Fournette team trade odds. So in order, it goes the Bills, the Dolphins, the Lions, um, the Steelers. The Colts, the Chiefs, the Bucks, and then the Rams, and that's from Sportsline, which is a uh, pretty popular um, betting service. So, it'd be interesting. I mean, he's—I I have to think he's going to get traded. I just wonder where. And I think it'd be. And people don't. I mean, people when they see this, they're like, "Oh, he's got to demand." A, I think it'll be—it'll be a good price, but it's—it doesn't seem, especially running backs, it doesn't ever seem to be as much as we think. It really doesn't. I like the Lions in that. 
Be interesting. I think how is the Lions offensive line? I'm not really sure about that. How what? How is the Lions offensive not line? Not great. Not great. I mean, not a good team. I feel like that'd be the only good. downfall of that offense then. If they got mm-hmm. Leonard Fournette is the offensive line because they have two good targets in Marvin Jones mm-hmm. and uh Kenny Galladay. Kenny Galladay. And they have Matt Stafford at quarterback. And then they'll have Hawkinson. Leonard Fournette at running back. Mm-hmm. Hawkinson, yes, yes. They have a good offense. The problem with that team on offense is just the offensive line. And defense. It's the Lions. Yeah, this yeah, is not that's correct. really well run not at franchise. All. They're always they always lose average, except for this year, which is nice. I've it, seen a lot of stuff with Patricia like being a jerk. Why can't he, he is, why yeah. can't yeah, why can't he you're a defensive guy and you can't get that defense right? It's crazy. I mean that's your I mean, And he ran out guy. his best defensive player. Yes. Because uh, after Darius Slay left there, he had a lot of bad words to say about Patricia. Yeah. yeah. Patricia is just it seems like he's a abrasive. power hunger guy. He's and a, abrasive. very abrasive. He was he's a good defensive coordinator, probably not. Uh, a good enough head coach in the sense of his personality. I feel like he's overdoing the Belichick, the Belichick thing. Like, Ooh, you good. know what I mean? So like, oh, good, obviously, Bobby, nice. obviously Belichick is abrasive, but he does it in a way that he gets respected. I feel he like he has the credibility to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He Patricia already, isn't there yet. Exactly. They're on different tiers. You can't pull a Belichick when you're down. Mm-hmm, when, you're, when you don't have that credibility in the Super Bowls, you can't do that. If you're go, if you're going to go start on a new team, you got to win your players' respect first, and right. then that's when you try to get the, then they the trust most you. out of them. Exactly. And Patricia reminds me of like a who's your daddy coach almost. Yep. No, that's just yes. exact, like, that's exactly it. how it is. It's like, And you can't do that when you're messing around with guys in the NFL with like who have more money than you. Mm-hmm. It's just not going to work. Like I know that Darius Slay and him, they had some personality clashes, and he's just saying stuff that's not appropriate to say to a guy who's also a man. Yeah, like you can't treat these guys like kids. They're men just like you, even though they're a little bit younger than you. you Benny, come treat on, them throw like some men. In. Come on, dude. You're, you're sitting, we got you on here to talk. You got to say something. <laughs> what do you got? Come on, throw out your thoughts on Fournette on the on the Lions. Give me something. Oh yeah, that's what we were talking about. Fournette. <laughs> we we're talking about Leonard Fournette. <laughs> yeah, we turned into bashing the Lions. Yeah, where do you think he's going to go? <laughs> I mean, obviously, as a Bills fan, I'd love to see him come here in Buffalo, have that duo in the backfield as him and Singletary. Yeah, that would be fun. Yeah, and he got in the fun. fight with Shaq Lawson. He's now out of town. And yeah, they yeah, play yeah, each other more good. because yeah. twice in the division. <laughs> I love running running backs by committee, honestly. Yeah, I mean, it's nice. The Eagles yes. have been doing that the past couple of years. I like that it's because everyone says, and Bean has said it as well, you have to have two two backs. Yep. You have to have two backs. If you, and, they're, and the Bills are. They want to ground and pound mm-hmm. and then. I think they need to be a little bit more heavy with the play action this year. But they, they like to ground and pound. They liked Gore last year because of that. But I think that would be nice. One thing that I don't Or do really they draft. That's not right. Right, right, Yeah, exactly. I mean, we are getting that guy from the across the season rugby. Right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Christian yeah. <laughs> 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 Wade. Um, shoot, what was I going to say? Oh, right, the Lions. Um, only thing that I don't like them, the, the, like the Lions talk right there, is... Obviously, running by community is, you know, it, it's pretty successful. I mean, you need to plug your, your eyes in and, you know, having different playmakers is pretty good. It keeps good. you guys fresh, too. Yep. Like, with running backs now, you got to keep them fresh just because of the mileage that they're getting in college. I, I love running running backs by committee because it keeps your guys, the good guys, longer. Yeah, but I feel like on Johnson carried the load pretty well for, yeah. for, one, such a bad team and such a bad offense and being a young running back like that. I feel like they had Amir Abdullah, right? Yes. And then he left. Yeah. I feel like if they can, like, they don't need to overpay with uh, Fournette. Like, you don't need to uh, give up a bunch of picks or, like, pay, like wait and then pay him a bunch of money. I feel like you can go out and get maybe someone like Jonathan Taylor. Like, if you decide to trade back, you can probably get a different playmaker like that in the first round still. And that's what the Buccaneers are saying. I saw Leonard Fournette's name getting thrown around with the Buccaneers, but then I saw a report saying that 
the Bucks would rather get somebody younger in this draft, which is true. There's a lot of gems in this draft for running back, and they're going to fall late be- just because of the talent in other positions. Mm-hmm. But there's there's a couple of good guys at running back, and you know there's always those gems at running back, undrafted guys, all that. Running back's a pretty fillable position if you're missing it. Philip Lindsay, undrafted exactly. local kid yeah. that they gave so a One guy a that trial. I think of is Alvin Kamara, who got picked in the later rounds, mm-hmm. who, was a star- who was a backup at Alabama, didn't like that, went back in another SEC school at Tennessee, and then he became a stud, but became becomes a gem in the, what, the sixth round? I think it was fifth. Yeah, yeah, sorry, fifth round. Kamara? Yeah, and now he's uh, one of the best uh, scorers, he, like, getting touchdowns in the NFL. You know, he's, he's he found the end zone, like, what, what what was it? Like almost twenty times, right? He's one of those new age running backs. Yeah, the pass pass catching and running. Mm-hmm. That's that's the new age of running backs. That's no, what Camara was third round. Really? Yeah, really? Yep, oh, that's we're both Swinging a miss. <laughs> that's still, no, that's still kind of <laughs> it's still pretty late for, for a guy yeah. like him. Yeah. One more thing I'll say on the on the Lions uh, before we go to our next thing is um, one of the, I think one of the problems with the Lions if you look at their owner Martha Firestone Ford. Do you guys know how old she is? No, no, she's ninety four. So I'm sure she's saying to the GM, can, can I? Can we win now before I'm six feet under? <laughs> I'm serious. I'm serious. I think that's a thing. I really do. I think she probably wants to keep winning, and then they don't have the talent. And they can't do the draft record because they don't. They're they're losing at eight and eight, seven and nine, and then they're not able to replenish their uh, their their um, young players. So I think that is um, an impact. But hopefully now they can get a um, and they're going to get a nice player, whether at three or if they trade back. Uh, next, this isn't really um, a report. This is just something I thought I saw that was pretty interesting. Um, for the first time, the NFL will pause the clock. So obviously we know if a team's on the clock, but if there is technical difficulties, they will pause the clock. So maybe the draft goes till 2 in the morning. I'll, I'll stay up. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe some teams fake it. That's right. So I was somebody unplugs their internet cord. Yeah, yeah we're having we need more time. They're, if here. they're talking about a trade. Yeah. Right. Because – is it going to be like a shortened clock now that it's virtual, or are they going to give them a little bit more time? Like probably more time. Probably more because if the internet fails, yeah. I mean, technology is great until it doesn't work. Then I guess you really don't need to do that, like if you're going to have more time, but you know, you never I don't know. I don't know, though. The NFL is a sneaky business, man. You never know. You got to play dirty to win. Yeah. Sorry. Th- now you're good, man. This is um, something that came out from a pretty reliable sources. They're saying that. Um, Odell trade could be just a matter of time and finding the right suitor. And the reason is, um, actually, I'll read this uh, quote here. Quote, not a good fit with Baker Mayfield. Odell is at a quote-unquote boiling point after his decline in numbers. And if you look at his numbers, Baker's numbers passing to Odell, is um, they're not good because it looks because he's trying to force the ball to him. If you watch the games, he's forcing the ball because he wants to keep him happy. But obviously you got to pass to the right guy that's open. So it would be interesting to see. You can't give up on that after one year, though, yeah, I feel like. I feel like all that is just kind of – it's just all fake because after that one fake rumor came out about him getting traded to the Vikings, that's all I've been seeing is the Odell trade. I didn't see anything about that before. So I think it's all just people talking off of impulse almost because of that little fake rumor. That's how I feel about it. Well, it's – the. It, you can't, I mean, I do. I mean, remember last year he was saying, "Come get me." So I don't think he's the happiest in Cleveland. I don't think he's. I don't think he loves being in Cleveland. He's a global guy. He wants to be in New York or L.A. He's not a global guy. He doesn't. Or he is a global guy. He doesn't love being in Cleveland. But I would like to see him with a new head coach, a new play caller. Hopefully, they can do more things with him. But um, I don't know. We'll see how it works this year. But if it doesn't start to work out, if they start out slow, and then maybe next. Year, I mean, well, who knows? We'll see. I think it'd be stupid to give up on Odell. Just the talent that he is and what you gave but up. But you have to use them. That's what I'm saying. Exactly. You have to wait for these coaches and see what this co- wait, see what Stefanski can do with them. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah, why would you give up on him before you could see what your new offensive coordinator and coach could do? 
that's and they're not. And if they if it. they do deal them, they're they're going to get a haul back, and it's not like they're going to be lacking a wide receiver. I mean, you right. have Jarvis Landry, and even if they pick someone later on in this draft, so it's not like they'd be nothing at wide receiver. It's not like he's their only guy. Do we know of of like any like suitors for this trade? Like, has there been any rumors? Like, I know that the only one I've heard is the Vikings. Yeah, um, but I heard that that was, that was fake. Yeah, that was, that fake. was fake. There's nothing concrete with that. I feel right. Like. I feel yeah, like it's I all just kind of talk. Just kind of a rumor. Like, especially after the the Diggs trade, it sounds promising. Like, it sounds like it could be possible, but um, you know, I don't think that that was ever going to happen. Uh, one team that I was probably thinking of was maybe the Rams. Rams, yeah, um, they got rid of Cooks. But the only problem with that is that they don't have a lot of money in the first place, and they don't have a lot of uh, assets in the draft because um, you know they they basically traded everything away. Um, they need another playmaker after Cooks leaves. Obviously, Cup and they Woods. Need a lot. Yeah, I mean they don't have a running back. They have Woods and Cup and Goff, but that's pretty much all that's left of their offensive playmakers. So I feel like they got to. Maybe do something, and you know, Rams decent be, top of line, top fifteen of line when they're all healthy. Yeah, that was the problem with them was they didn't win a lot of games last year because it was a constant rotation. They were trying, to, they were constantly trying to find what the right they had a pile on at left tackle. Right, yeah, like they had to constantly look for the right combination, and they were putting like a left tackle at, at guard, and they were switching their their center at guard and stuff like that. They were just trading, and then you can't McVay can't call plays the way he want, the way he wants to. Yeah. I feel like the Rams, sadly, are going to become a product of what happens when you spend money to become a win-now team. I feel like, like, I actually, I'm not, I don't hate the Rams. I like the Rams. I kind of like I like McVay. I I like Goff. I I know Bobby's not big on Goff. I don't mind Goff. I'd want to see them succeed, but I just feel like it's kind of downhill after they went to the Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. I don't, unless they make a big move, I I don't really see them doing anything else with all that money that they spend, and it's kind of sad. Well, Ramsey, obviously, is the best one of the best, one of the yeah, best cornerbacks, but I feel like they overpaid for him because now they don't have a draft, a first round draft pick until like twenty twenty three or twenty four. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of tough for them to, you know, make any progress and or like fill fill any holes like that without making a big time move like moving a guy uh, that's a top player on your offense or defense. So I think that. Um, you know they're in a they're gonna they're in a pretty big hole right now because they got to pay Ramsey they got to find a way to probably pay Goff if he if he has some success and then you know fi- finding a way to fill those holes on offense. NFL's tough with the hard salary cap. It makes it tough. Um, this is one uh, draft news, Benny. We're going to you first. You're actually gonna have to say something on here. Um, the Broncos are reportedly looking to trade up in the draft to select uh, star receiver Jerry Judy. Um, reporters say they will attempt to trade up to the number eight. Or number ten spot, so that could be a, and they could use another receiver. I know they have a, a oh, decent yeah, core with Sutton with Sutton, but oh, yeah, Sutton Hamilton that make a really good offensive core because then you got Lindsey in the backfield as well. Drew Lock. Uh, hopefully he has a good season. I like Drew Lock. Um, I don't know. They got a lot of promise, so hopefully it turns out well for the Broncos. Uh, another thing about them though is that they could honestly stay put and probably pick cornerback. Mm-hmm. We talked about that when we were doing our uh, our mock drafts. If they stay put, they have a pretty good uh, pick there with Henderson, or maybe even they they go down and they get the uh, who's the kid from LSU? I'm like blanking right now. Oh, Christian Not, Fulton. Yeah, thank you, Christian Fulton, who's a really good uh, defensive cornerback who's opposite of Stingley this year. Um, so I feel like they're in a pretty good spot right now, whether whether they go get an offensive playmaker or if they just stay put on defense. I'm pretty I'm I'm pretty confident in what their pick is going to be. Staying in that division, the Raiders, uh, apparently their GM, Mike Mayock, uh, loves, and that's a quote, loves Oklahoma receiver CeeDee Lamb. 
Um, despite head coach John Gruden, he prefers the take the top off the defense guy um, and Henry Ruggs. So that's an interesting thing. Obviously, you're not going to go wrong. They're both great players, but it's kind of interesting to see. Now, I saw this report when I woke up this morning, and what came, what came to mind, right? The two things came to mind. One, how could you not love CeeDee Lamb? He's right. just, dude's a beast. Everyone is in love with him. And two is, I believe that that's probably true that Gruden wants that take the top off the guy uh, on offense, but I feel like either way, he'd be happy with who they get, honestly. Both of those receivers are studs, and I don't really think that you could get too upset if they pass on rugs and get CeeDee Lamb. It, John Gruden will make old work with whatever he has on that team. That guy just loves football. What picks do they have? Do they have? Are they 12, 19? Or are they before? They might be before 12. I th- I'm pretty confident in saying that they're 12 and 19 or 12 and 18. And I feel like if you stay put at 12, I think receivers are going to go back to back to back. I feel like uh, if, no, if there's no receivers picked in the top 10, it's going to be Jets with C.D. Lamb. Uh, then the Raiders have to pick either uh, Judy or Ruggs and then the Niners, if they stay put, they're probably going to get a receiver as well. 12 and so, 19. Yeah, so um, I feel like that's how it's going to go. Um, looking at it now, and like we said, like you never know with trades and stuff like that. But Trades is going to throw this whole thing. I think the most surprising thing in this draft is everything. if everything happens the way we think it's going to happen. That'd be the most yeah, surprising. Know, right? Something's, something's going to happen, and I don't know what's going to happen, but something crazy is going to happen, and we're, gonna, and we're all going to be like, whoa, didn't see that one coming. Uh, here's one, again, staying in that division. This one is crazy. I want you guys to just close your eyes and think about this. The Chiefs want to trade up for Henry Ruggs if he slides on draft day. Now, hang on. Slides, he's not going to slide to 32. We all know that. But they're thinking like 15, 14, around that area. If they tra- if it's around there, it's like the mid- the middle of the first round. Um that's kind of the uh, that's the 49ers at 13. By the way, another rumor that's going to come up is um, they were looking to shop um, a few players as well as maybe even one of their picks. Um, the Bucks at 14 in their division. Broncos, the Falcons at 16. So it's those teams that maybe they could be looking to trade up. Can you imagine that for a second? That would be insane. Just having the two, two of the fastest guys. Well, the Three. fastest guy. Three. Oh, yeah, McCole Hardman, too. Hardman. They're just building a track team over there. That's so insane. And just with Patrick Mahomes, the quarterback, that's... You're not going to be able to guard three guy, those three guys. Like You're going to have to rush like two defenders, and then they just hit you with a screen. I mean, that would make them so versatile, I think, because you can have you can just trade them off. Like You can have Tyreek do a dig and then just streak, streak the other two. I mean, that would just and be And one insane. of them is going to be coming off the bench of those three speedy guys, because you're still going to have Sammy Watkins out there, I think. For sure. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. Like, and Watkins is a bigger guy, and he's gonna go up and get those those hard fought uh, yeah. ones in the. So red you're gonna game. have you're gonna have one of those speedy guys rotating, so that just makes it even more lethal. Yeah. X factor in that is Kelsey because he's the guy that can run those shorter routes, but also, I mean, he can go deep as well. But he's, I mean, he's one of the better. You have such a good league. balance. You have two guys who can go up and get it, and then you have your two speedy guys. Mm-hmm. And then the only problem, I hope that doesn't happen. And now the only problem and four with wide that receiver team, sets. Well, that only the only problem with that team is like Damian Williams played really well in the playoffs. Um, but I feel like the hole there is still at running back. Like they just don't have a running game. Do you are you gonna need it with those kind of guys on your offense? I don't really think so because they obviously won the Super Bowl this year. But I feel like once a team figures out how to stop it, and granted, it's probable. You know, people could figure out how to stop Mahomes and you know confuse him. Even though he's been he showed a lot of promise in his first couple years uh, as a starter. You know, that's gonna be your problem. Is you're gonna have really no run game. I don't think. I say that I think that. Hold on, excuse me. You got it. 
Excuse some me. stage fright on me. No, I had something in the in the stomach. Oh, okay. So I think what's going to happen when you're playing against the Chiefs a lot is you're going to see a lot of changing up defense right defenses right off the snap, like you said, to confuse yep. Mahomes because that's really you, you gotta to beat a team like that. You're not going to beat them off of physical ability. You're going to beat them off of mental ability. You need a good defensive coordinator to match up against Patrick Mahomes there. I hope that doesn't happen. Just because, oh my just god, so oh my god, I, I don't want that to happen. I don't. I doubt it. I don't think Rugs would slide as far as they'd be comfortable to trade up to. But we'll see. Um, going to the NFC South, the Falcons um, could be the most aggressive team in talks of trade. They could trade up even into the top five. And if you look at the top five, I mean, I don't know who they're targeting. I mean, obviously, Bengals, Redskins, Lions, Giants, and Dolphins. So maybe they're talking to the Lions or Giants at three and four. I don't know who they'd be targeting. Maybe an Isaiah Simmons because their defense is. Possibly. They're just trying to think of holes on that team. Defense is a yeah, whole. It's a lot yeah. on the defense, and I, I think that like linebacking core. Right? I really think that Simmons would be a pretty good fit for Dan Quinn. Um, you know, he's pretty much known for uh, constructing defensive the guy. Yeah, he's he was known for constructing the Legion of Boom. Um, so I feel like a, starting with a playmaker like uh, Simmons is on defense. I feel like that's a pretty good start um, for that for that like a restart for that defense because they've pretty much figured out um, their offense. You know, they got Gurley and they got a lot of playmakers. You know they're pretty content. Leo. Yeah, they're pretty content with Matt Ryan right now. They have a good wide receiver core. Yeah, in general, like outside of who you have Sanu and uh, Ridley. Ridley. Mm-hmm. Not Sanu. Sanu's gone. Patriots, remember? Oh yeah, my bad, my bad. They still have Treadwell. Treadwell. They have Treadwell. Treadwell. Yeah, he's, he's a, a decent. He's three. a decent three. Um, still has a lot of promise, but yeah, I mean Simmons could be one that they're really eyeing up, and I feel like. Where are they right now? Like seventeen-ish, like right in that range. I don't think that you're gonna get a really good playmaker. Sixteen, to, yep. Yeah, to the caliber of Simmons, and I feel like that would be a pretty good trade partner partner for them. Like especially the Lions. If they if the Lions can get a pretty good deal, they would be in good shape at seventeen because they're not gonna get. You know, they're not gonna be. I wouldn't be content with Okuda. They're not a cornerback away from being like a cornerstone franchise. They're picking at number three, so I feel like. And you they, get more picks. Yeah, I feel like if you go back, back to uh, sorry, sixteen. Yes. If you back to 16, you're probably going to get a decent, you know, mid-first rounder who's going to start on your team right away because it's not a good team. And for the Falcons, you're going to have a stud uh, defensive playmaker with Simmons. They might need a DB, though, now that, you're, now that I was thinking about it. They don't really... But you can trade back and get one, yeah. and you can still get all, multiple picks. Yeah, that's true. They could, if they're going back, they could probably eye up a guy like Fulton or Henderson or whoever falls into their lap. Right, and those guys would be suitable, I think, for them. Mm-hmm. Last, yeah, agreed. Last two, so the 49ers um, could be looking to trade um, one or two of their picks. Um, both their picks are 13 and 31, um, as well as trade off some salary with Quan Alexander and um, a few other guys. D Ford was another guy because they're apparent. I don't know what their salary situation is, but it's just a weird. It's just weird to hear because they such a good roster right now like whenever I think of like the best rosters in football I'm thinking Ravens who have added a lot to you know a team that was kind of to be honest disappointing in the playoffs this year and then I think of like the Chiefs who have a really talented offense Niners and then the Niners I put the Vikings in there I put them top five I really do you think so I I do even after what's their what are their holes yeah they still have Thielen yeah Kyle Rudolph Delvin Cook good offensive line they did lose a lot on defensive line I know that yeah, so they're going to be really young there. So I feel like that's just one thing that kind of... And I don't know how good, good secondary. Yeah. O-line was pretty solid. O-line's pretty solid. Yeah, because Cook had a really good year even with missing some games, and Kirk Cousins barely got sacked. I mean, it was really on, like, 
coverage sacks, stuff downfield. Actually, their corners are pretty weak. Their corners are pretty weak. They have that, I know they have Harrison Smith back there, who's nice. Yeah, but, and they can and they can address these fine, things. But they're yeah, they have to address corner, I think, and D line. Right. Yeah. I think yeah. if they, they, if, the they have, if they address D line, they have uh, Barr, who Allen hurdled, but um, <laughs> they have Barr. They have a decent linebacking core. I think if they address some um, corner and some more D line, I, I do put them as a top uh, roster. Let's go back to the, let's go back to the Niners real quick. Can you just like read that off again? What, what were they saying about picks? Yeah, they were talking. Um, there are fielding calls about uh, both 13 and 31 overall and are open to dealing either of the picks. That's per Adam Schefter. Right. Uh, and, like, I think at 13 you could probably get a playmaker. I'm thinking you're probably going to end up with rugs, you know, if all goes according, like, uh, no wide receivers go in the top 10, and obviously this is barring without any trades. Um, but I feel like you really need another playmaker to help out Jimmy G. Emmanuel Sanders leaves, and then they lose um, – to force Buckner on defense, I, don't, I, you know, you can really do anything with those two picks. I feel like they've they have been really close. Good value. They've been close with um, trading Marquise Goodwin too, to be interesting. Yeah, it would be really Task interesting. Guy. Uh, yeah, losing another offensive piece, I feel like you can't really afford to lose that if you're gonna shop your picks and stuff. Like, obviously, they have really good value. Marquise Probably Goodwin. one or the other. Yeah, Marquise Goodwin has really good value too. You know, being a speed guy, um, I don't really know. I don't really know what to expect from the 49ers here. Last one. Apparently, that the Giants have reportedly spent a lot of time researching Justin Herbert. Not a chance that happens. I swear, if that happens, I would be the most surprised guy on planet Earth. I mean, my God, one year after Daniel Jones, he didn't even do bad. They just had a bad team. But I'm mean, not saying. I mean, he's like, if he was on like the freaking Packers or whatnot, you know, he'd be you know insane or whatnot. But no, he had a good year for a rookie quarterback. But I, I no no way. That's just smoke. I can't. I that, was gonna why I, why that is just, that, that even just, smoke? That just be I don't know. I think it'd just be stupid for the Giants. That's they have even, other places to address. Over that's that. not gonna Daniel Jones went in and he played pretty decent. Going against what New Yorkers thought about him after he was drafted. I don't really agree with where he was drafted last year. With the talent coming out of college, I think they could have stayed and got him where they were, but I don't know, maybe they heard some stuff. But anyways, back to the topic. I think that that Herbert stuff is all just smoke. I think they have so many other holes that they need to fill. That's not quarterback. It's just. I bet yeah. you the reason that they took him so high, because if you remember, it was their pick, and then the um, Redskins, and then their second pick. So maybe, like you said, maybe what they heard was that the Redskins really like Daniel Jones, mm-hmm. and they would have picked him before their second pick. I don't know. I don't know what Gettleman yeah. does. Because I remember hearing. I, granted, you can't believe everything you hear, but I remember just my initial thought from that was. That the Redskins were for sure going to get Dwayne Haskins and right, yeah. So who I knows guess. what they hear? Exactly. I'm not in the front offices. Maybe they got smoke screened a little bit by the Redskins. Maybe not. I don't know. Here's some non-NFL rumor that I'll give real quick to Bobby. I think I sent it to you. Cardinals and Rockies reportedly had a deal that was 90% complete for Nolan Arenado before the shutdown of the season. It is likely that they will heat up talks again before this offseason. So they're believed to be the favorites to land Arenado. Yeah, I definitely. I heard a lot about that. Um, you know, mostly I thought it was smoke, but now that this report's coming out, I'm not very surprised. Uh, Matt Carpenter's aging out, I think. You know, still still one of my favorite players, but you know he's getting a little bit too old. I think he's a pretty good leadoff hitter, but defensively he's almost becoming a a, a, a pylon out there. Like he's just not you know very successful defensively. We had Tommy Edmond, a young guy, come in for him and and play pretty well at third base, and he hit really well as well. So um, Arenado would just 
spark the offense. I think that's one hole that the Cardinals have is they don't have a lot of power. They don't have a lot of success on offense. Um, I think adding Arenado would just increase that tenfold, and I would be really excited. I also saw a rumor of a Mike Trout signing, but obviously that probably won't happen. Like, it, it obviously won't happen. Yeah. Like, I saw reports that the Cardinals were in talks with him, but, you know, he just signed a deal for a million years, so. As he should have. Yeah. Real quick, we'll go over, before we get to our trivia, we're going to go around the uh, the horn, as they say, and um, name one team that you um, think will and are most excited to see trade up or trade down. I'll start with you, Bob. Hmm. I'm pretty excited to see what the Falcons are going to do. Like, today was the first day that I thought about it. Um, I really think that if they can get Isaiah Simmons on that defense, they're going to be pretty successful. What do you think about everybody? Is there a, tra- a team that you'd like to see trade up or trade down? Uh, I mean, Bobby kind of took mine. I was going to say the Falcons because they, they kind of are in a win-now situation with Matt Ryan getting older, you know, making Todd Gurley the running back. I think that was a great play by them. Um, I would – obviously, I think I'd pick up a corner for them. They, they're they just desperate on the defensive side. Um, yeah. Tough division with the Saints and now the Bucks. Yeah. Yeah, really division. good quarterbacks now. Yeah, very good. What do you think, Jayvon? I'm going to go biased. I'm going to go with the Eagles because I've been seeing some reports that they're looking to trade up, that Howie Roseman was in love with CeeDee Lamb. And just the one thing that interests me the most is that if Howie Roseman really is that high on a wide receiver, he's going to go up and get one. He's going to try to get the best that there is. That's just how he is. And I'm just I'm excited to see what the Eagles do. Maybe they stay put and take whoever lands them. Maybe Jefferson lands them. Maybe mm-hmm. not. But I think – I think if Jefferson doesn't land to the Eagles, then I think that they're gonna trade up to go get one of those guys. That that Eagles front office has been like the quietest from what like from what I've seen. Like nobody's been really talking a whole lot, and that's why I'm pretty excited too. Because like them not saying anything, like not giving any smoke to any other teams, is gonna be really exciting to see because teams that are quieter tend to trade up more like the Bears on Trubisky nobody expected that at all at number two so I'm pretty excited to see what the Eagles front office does in being so quiet about this whole scenario and like I said with I said this off air to Bobby is I don't even care if they don't trade up I'm one of those fans where obviously I want a receiver but I trust the front office they've been doing pretty good over the past years how he how he does good building the trenches everything I think he's a pretty good GM so I'm just going to trust the front office on this one but I'm just going to put it on record that I would love to see a trade-up for a wide receiver. They're definitely a wheel-and-deal um, type GM for sure. Real quick, we talked about Yannick um, Ngakwe before um, in the news and then kind of a um, little bit about where he could go and stuff like that. He tweeted, I remember they were saying how um, he didn't look great in that tweet and stuff. He later tweeted out um, to compensate for that, uh, quote, to my new future team, whoever it may be, I can't wait to bring great discipline, integrity, and work ethic to the new city. Wherever I may land, you're going to get the hardest working defensive end in the league. And I'll tell you something right now. My least favorite thing happened in this tweet, the your. When you didn't use the right your. I can't. I, dude, when I see that, I cringe. It's not that hard. You are. Just think of it in your head. And I always do. I'm like, you, okay, yeah, apostrophe. It's not that hard. But. That's me. I'm getting, I, I hate it. I'm getting a little bit and of And I hate the you are, too. I hate the you are. You can, how much time are we saving? <laughs> <laughs> you, I'll do the math for you. I'll figure it out. LOL is where it st- ends with me. But the UR, 
And so, then, and then, like, oh no, this is a weird rant. Yeah, I'm getting a little bit of AB vibes from this. Like the way that that tweet was kind of structured, like it kind of seemed like you know how AB had those kind of tweets where he would like it would be like an apology thing, and then he would like go back on it and stuff like that. Like that structure of a tweet, like kind of makes me a little, you know, gives me a little bit of vibes of him. But AB had nobody to be mad at. Yeah, yeah Yannick has true, the true. room to be like mad at these guys. Told him he don't want to be there. They franchise tagged him. That probably made him more mad. Like, I, I mean, I don't see that from him. Mm-hmm. And honestly, anybody's agent would tell him to say that after yeah. kind of like a rant like that. <laughs> uh, of course, of course, your agent's going to tell you to go throw out some stuff. So that's just my take on it. I don't think it's an AB thing. Yeah. I think anybody's agent would tell them to do that. Oh, yeah, that was, a, that was a hot take. Sorry. A- anyone AB can be mad at is himself. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> so, you guys ready for trivia? Yep. Now, it's a competition between Bobby and Julian as a 1 1 right now, right? Yep. So, Benny, you're going to give your answer. Um, you got to have a column for the guests, huh? Eh, maybe not. Maybe not. He'll do this <laughs> for fun. Um, I'll have you write down um, your answer, Benny. I gave one. Yeah, um, yeah. You got him? Okay. It's fair one. I'm usually pretty on, on point. When yeah, he has texted me, and, he's, and he'll text me like, you guys are idiots. You didn't yeah. get that trivia Shut right. Up. So now. It's easier yeah, when you're on the spot. spot. I'll tell you yeah, something right I'm now, though. You, you got mad at them. My One of my things was, what was the D-line called for the Minnesota Vikings? Oh, come on. That well, was easy. Well, and what was it? The purple people eaters. That's kind of yeah. Well, you watch NFL films and all that stuff like all That's day. That's what I'm saying. Day. This could play into Benny's strengths because this is kind of an historic question, and it's a funny go. trivia. I'm gonna tell you, right, it's funny. Here we go. I laughed before 1921. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't even. Yeah, dude. My parents weren't even thought about. My great grandma wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> it's multiple choice. My nana wasn't thought about. The Chicago Bears were known by what name? The Chicago Chicken Hawks. The <laughs> you guys didn't laugh at that. No. Come on. <laughs> um, the Evanston Eagles or the Decatur Staleys. Decatur. You, there's only three choices. Three choices. Okay. A, B, or C. I should just put a different one. So I'll read them again. The A, the Chicago Chicken Hawks. B, the Evanston Eagles. Or C, the Decatur Staleys. We're gonna start out with our guest Benny. He went with. Who is the Chicago Chicken Hawks? Incorrect. I wish it was. I wish that was right. <laughs> so, Benny, you just lost all credibility. Yeah. Let's go to um, Benny, who next? Bobby or Julian? Let's go with Julian. Julian, he put C, the Decatur Staley's. And that is 100% correct. That was the answer. So, let's see if Bobby got it right. Where's your answer? Oh, here it is. He wrote down C as well. <laughs> I knew it wasn't Chicago team. because those old teams never go by like that city name. Mm-hmm. Like I know the Eagles. Eagles was something that wasn't. They were um, Eagles. Yeah. Well, before even before. Oh that, yeah, before that they were the Evansville. Is it Evansville? Nah, no, that's not right. It's, it's some ville. It's something like that. Like yeah. those teams usually didn't go by the city mm-hmm. names. And I'm pretty sure I knew that. Like I've seen scores of that. Like I've seen like a team from like New York, like the Giants. Giants versus Staley's, and the Giants would always win because they were really good. But like I've definitely seen that before, so that was the only reason my guess was. My next upcoming trivia for Wednesday and Friday, I think they're pretty funny. They're kind of like this. Yeah, they're funny, okay. and I have a few other kind of real ones. But. Those ones are fun. Um, let's a chicken hawk though. Can someone look that up? Yeah, I can look it up while you Is guys. We're gonna reveal creature? our top five list. You got, Benny, see what the host just did there? Yeah. Nice smooth into the top five, and then also give you your answer. That's what pros do, man. That's why we're on episode. That's why we're on episode thirteen. 
You know how many pod- You're getting paid to this 80% of podcasts fail within the first five episodes. Not us. I just made that up, but we're in the 20% because we're that good. All right, here we go. Top, Top five fives. list. I didn't do one because I'm not a basketball historian like these guys. Benny made one as well. It's top five foreign NBA basketball players of all time. All right. You so wanna, we'll start with our guest, right? Yeah, the gu- guests are all. Yeah, that, that's. I was. I think I interrupted that. you. What were you gonna say? No, that's what. That's what I. Uh, guests are right, important cool. to me. Yep. Buddy, go ahead. Your top five. All right. Start at five. And up, number five for me was Patrick Ewing. He's probably the greatest player to ever walk into the gym. The the next. Wow. wow. The next Can't talk today. Locker room. Yeah, I know. Um, just a huge powerhouse. Back. Yeah, he was just great. I'm um, going on to the next one. Uh, at four, I had Pedro Stoyakovic, arguably one of the greatest shooters of all time, especially in that day and age. Um, so I, he didn't have a great career. You know, you never really hear about him. But I mean, who he was played it? for a pretty bad team. Yeah, he played who was for it, Benny? Stoyakovic. Stoyakovic okay. played for the Kings, but he was a great shooter. Number three, Steve Nash. Everybody knows him. One of the sauciest players to ever play the game. One of the greatest passers. He's three? Yes, he's okay. three. Number two is Hakeem Olajuwon, one of the greatest defenders of all time. You know, he had the famous Hakeem the Dream Shake. Uh, unstoppable. And obviously, number one is Dirk Nowitzki. You couldn't beat him. He, that size, you could shoot it. Come on, you can't yeah. beat him. Yeah. It's a good list. He was a way different player. I mean, people really didn't oh, yeah. face a guy who had a jumper who was that tall like that. Mm-hmm. So he was he was pretty tough to guard, and they had some pretty good teams. Yeah. I have you guys' answer for the Chicken Hawk. Okay, you guys ahead. ready for this? Yes. Chicken Hawk, there's two things. I'll read them both. Chicken Hawk is a political term used in the United States to describe a person who strongly supports war or military action. So being in 1921, I can see how that could be a name of a team, but mm-hmm. not right. Um, war. What is it good for? Bobby, do you get that? You don't get that? Okay. It was a song. No, it's a Seinfeld. Um, but yeah, it was, yeah, but whatever. Chicken Hawk. In the United States, Chicken Hawk... Okay, listen how stupid... Wikipedia, sometimes I love you, but sometimes... It says, in the United States, Chicken Hawk, one word, or Chicken Hawk, two words, is an unofficial designation for three species of North American hawks. I like. I, I don't even know what to say to that. So, Benny, there's your answer. Thank you. But it, it wasn't right. Bye, but let's go to you. Top me, five me next. Uh, this is kind of my choices, I guess. This is, you know, my opinion. Really my oh, then favorite. let's guess it. Really my favorite. You want to do that? Yeah, we're going to guess it. So that's what we do for top five lists. If it's like an historic thing like um, comebacks like we did, mm-hmm. that one's not really a guess. But if it's your favorite, yeah. then we'll guess. These are my favorite because some of them may, may have changed the game. Okay. Um, and, you know, some of them are just powerhouses in the league, and they're just fun to watch. So I will say one, and then I'll shut up, and I'll leave it to Bobby or uh, Benny and Julian. I'll start with Steve Nash. Yep. Okay. Where yeah. was he? Uh, he was number... Four. Let's Number four. four. Okay. All right. Luca. Yep. I mean, he is just so polarizing. Um, he's just so fun to watch. He's a he's a big guard and he's he's got that step back kind of like Harden. So he's just a fun player to watch and, and a good young rookie. Number we'll two. dive into Luca and. A later episode, yeah. so I'll save my comments on Luca. <laughs> number two, by the way, he was number two. Benny, I'll just play it safe right here and go with Dirk. I mean, yeah. yeah, yeah, that one was pretty easy. We just talked about him. Number one, right? Yep, number one. Yeah, yeah. Julian. So we're missing two. Mm-hmm. Four and five. Okay, it's from your own Three list. And five. I'm seeing a trend here, so I'm gonna go Giannis. Nice. Okay. He's gonna. He would have been back to back MVP here. Uh, it's it's pretty. 
it's pretty easy to say that that's going to be so, even as a LeBron fan. I mean, the dude was just playing out of his mind. It's 30 points in 30 minutes every single night. I mean, he's not. I mean, he has taken out in the fourth quarter, and he and he just comes back and does it again the next night. Mind so you, Curry. Really, yeah, he's uh, really good to watch. His MVP year, 2016, yeah. I believe. Mm-hmm. He's number one for me. So we're missing one more. Yep. Last one guys? isn't that surprising. I just think that you know he's a kind of he's the kind of guy that sort of changed the game a little bit. Who's got a guess? Someone's got a guess. I think it's Benny's turn. I think I saw your paper. Yeah, so it's all right. Yes, yeah, so yeah, it's cheating. been out there. Yeah. Julian, do you have it? Ginobili. Yep. Oh. Yep. That Euro that, that Euro set basically changed Benny's yeah, entire true. arsenal. So uh, I give credit. I give a lot of credit to him. But yeah, he was really fun to watch. I, I really liked uh, watching Ginobili on that Spurs team with a really good coach and Popovich. And just to give levels on his greatness. Is he was a six man. Yeah, right. And he was just a constant scorer for that team when they needed it. And he was just really polarizing. I think, especially with that Euro step. Yeah. Roughs are blind. I don't know what to tell. Hey, yeah, I know. All right. So now we're guessing Julian's. Yep. Okay. Wait, you're guessing mine? Are we? Oh, is, wait, that, or is that a top five? Sorry. Or what do you think? Do you want us to guess it? Do you think that'd be fun? Yeah, it's your list. Yeah, sure. Have All you guys right. seen it? I have not. Seen it. Okay. I mean, we just got to guess Dirk right away. I feel like that's a joint guess. Yeah. I mean, that was pretty easy. Honestly. Yeah. Dirk. Definitely. Yeah. Okay. Has to be. Uh, next, I'm going to go with a little bias on him. And I'm going to say Embiid. I said that earlier. He. No. Nope. No. Oh, man. Benny, you're guessing. I would have said to you him know what? he would have been mad. Down the line. Mad, yeah. Yeah. Like seven years. Give it seven years, then yes. I had him on the outside looking into my list. I, I really like watching him, too, but I just had to give respect to Dirk and Ginobili. Who is Tony Parker? No, I thought about it, but no. Nash has got to be on there. Yeah, I love Steve Nash. Yeah, Steve. <laughs> I can't believe you didn't guess it earlier. Awesome. I know. I, I love was Steve Nash. I love him. Yep, he's he's a stud. Uh, I think Luca's on there. Luca? Yeah. Not yet. Not yet. Um, I'm thinking if he didn't put Embiid, you don't think he put uh, Luca? I don't think so. Uh, okay. I would have uh, actually no. I'm just feeling close. time as you close. Close. That's yeah. close to me. That's so. all I'm doing right now. I'm how, filling time as you guys think. How about Hakeem? Yes. All right. Nice. Yeah. I kind of, I kind of forgot about him. I mean, like I said, I didn't, re- I wasn't really a fan. That's of the NBA. Embiid. Yeah. That's exactly. Embiid with a finished career. Definitely. I hope. Mm-hmm. As a Sixers fan. How many more you got? Two left. Three. Yes. Yeah. Oh, two left. What? Um. Yeah. Yeah. Two left. I think it's your guess, right? I just said Hakeem. Oh yeah, duh. Stoyakovich. No. no, I knew I knew that we were talking about that earlier. Yeah. I, I I I didn't think that you would keep him on. Yeah. Hmm. I didn't even put him on. All right, Benny, last guess. <laughs> guess like that. <laughs> so you got it wrong. So I did that. Did you like that? There we go. Yeah, no, I didn't. Oh no, I'm really you didn't like it. No, I'm really scared. Last guess. No, last. you guys you guys go one more each. All right, All right. So. Okay. here we go. Do Benny, you, do you have Patrick Ewing? No. Really? No. He was gonna be up there for me. He's going to be up there for me, too. Uh, not, not that big of a Knicks lover. Well, well no one is. But. Valid. Uh, <laughs> I think Patrick Ewing just had bad knees. So. <laughs> no. My guess. How many more? Two? Yeah, he two guesses. Two more. Dang, this is hard. Giannis? Yes. Yeah, Giannis okay. On there. Yeah, that's a pretty safe thing. One more. I don't think Benny gets it. No? No, this is, pretty, uh, this, this is kind of a tough one. Wild card? Let him, you wanna let Maybe. Him, let him, you guys can deliberate. Talk I like this it. guy. I feel like he's like... Pretty Canadian. He sounded pretty Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> Julian's not a Canadian? No, no, no. Oh. Like this player. Oh, okay. I'm just getting that vibe. I'm throwing a wild card. It's probably not even right. Matumbo. Is that your guys' final guess? Yep. The answer is wrong. Son of a nutcracker. Who is it? Pau Gasol. Oh, oh, oh no. I forget about him. 
Nice. Oh man, that's a good one. Yeah, yeah that's pretty I valid too. That yeah, one's pretty valid. Mm-hmm. That was pretty valid. I like that one. That's oh, a pretty good uh, list. Yeah. Kind of a underappreciated player almost. Yeah. He was never obviously never a star player on a team, but he could be a guy that you look over. Yeah, especially like, especially when you play with Kobe. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, real quick, one. real quick, we're gonna do one more. I was gonna wrap up the show, but we're gonna go one more. We have a few minutes. Julian, I'm starting with you. I'm gonna put you on the spot. You're, you have to do it. Ooh. Mount Rushmore basketball. Go. Mount Rushmore. Okay. We got LeBron, MJ, Steph Curry, Shaq. Shut up. Damn it. That was gonna be mine. That's yours exactly. Exact. Uh, pretty much. Like, uh, maybe I'll change Steph. You can. It's so hard I hate to. This dude. A Mount Rushmore is people who. Revolutionized the game. Yeah. And Steph Curry is, yeah. And Shaq was just so. I was more going for like the best players. Yeah. More than revolutionized the game, but I see what you're doing. But if that's a Mount Rushmore, Rushmore. that's my Mount Rushmore. Mm -hmm. Best players is different. Yeah. Right. Mount Rushmore. So what if I did that? Like like four, like four. If you're putting Mount Rushmore, then it's my four best, in my opinion. Yeah, you're putting on Mount Rushmore. MJ, MJ, LeBron, Kobe, KD. MJ, LeBron. Shaq. Dang, I don't know who my fourth would be. I gotta take Curry. Like those are like That's the good. four was, that I've ever seen. You Curry know what I mean? Like pretty much in that in, in that order. Like MJ is up Both there for me. In that order. Yeah. Benny. So we're doing players who've changed the game. So or? oh, that was your Mount Rushmore. Yeah, that's my. Mount oh, Rushmore. I thought we were on uh, top four players. Whichever, yes, pick. Okay. So it's like that's my opinion names. too. That's I, that's I, your top four. I think that's my top four right now. Benny, give it to me. Magic Johnson, uh, MJ, Kobe, and LeBron. I like that one. Yeah. That's yeah. a good one. That's I like magic, magic in there. MJ, Kobe, LeBron. Okay, I like that. We'll do that. If you want to some other sports, base will be tough. Base will be tough. Um, so Benny, thanks for coming on. Uh, How'd you? How, did you like it? Oh yeah, it was great. Dude, this is talking sports. It's easy. Yeah. Uh, our thanks to Maddie Sealer, Director of Graphic Design, Meg Mizar, Director of Social Media, and Ms. Mahar, our audio supervisor, Thomas Baya, Julian Andriola, Bobby Atlas, and Benny Mahar. Saying so long from our Western New York studios. Hope you tune in next time. Have a great rest of your day.